0: I would say if you if you ask people the big the the Ten Commandments if you ask them what are the Ten Commandments give me some of the commandments I'm talking about a man on the street type situation if you ask them uh, man on the street what are the Ten Commandments the first one what they would give you is Thou shalt not murder or do not murder or do not kill or Thou shalt not kill you'd get some form of this commandment it is it is one of two of the shortest commandments in scripture in fact in the hebrew it's only two words and it pairs with verse 15 which is you shall not steal as the shortest verses in hebrew and in english because they're only two words and it's an interesting understanding and and to know it means it means something very important first of all it is it is not properly translated you shall not kill. It it is not properly translated that way. way. It means to slay or to take someone's life on your own. Do it in your own power, in your own strength, for your own purposes. It does not forbid, it does not forbid murder in in the sense of killing someone by the government or by a governing authority. In fact, quite clearly in scripture, scripture says that. In fact, if the punishment for murder in, in scripture is to be killed by other people. So obviously, if the punishment in the Old Testament was to kill the murderer, then that would make the people who kill the murderer murderers, and then you would have to kill them. And as you work your way out of that, you realize that everybody dies. So that's not what it means. What it means is to take life or to shed innocent blood. And by the way, that's what the Old Testament is dealing with. That's what the Old Testament's talking about. It's talking about the taking of innocent blood. And by the way, <clears throat> I think this is the most. Important one verse in order to understand your own depravity and your own sinfulness. It is a picture of, of death. It's a picture of you becoming the instrument of death. And by the way, that's what we become through one man. The Bible says death entered the world. And how did death for all people enter the world? But entered the world through Adam's sin. And Hebrews tells us that. And we understand that man is the man is the conduit by which sin. And death entered the world. And we are in many ways in our hearts murderers. As we look at scripture and as you kind of understand that, it says, let no debt remain. Let me read. Found it. He says, let. Why am I not near that? Anyway, he says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt of love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Now, listen. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandments there are, or may be, are summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Notice how God's taking these commandments that we're going to be dealing with over the next few days. He takes all those commandments, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't murder. These are sins against other people, and he says you can sum them all up in a positive way, you can sum them all up. In my nature, in my character, you can do that by saying, love one another. Jesus explained this in some greater detail in the Sermon on the Mount on Matthew 5. He said, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. Then he says, but I tell you, notice, he gives them the law, and he says, okay, that is your standard, but I'm fixing to take the standard up. Same thing we saw in Romans. I'm fixing to take that standard up and show you that standard is insufficient for you. And when I say insufficient for you, it's insufficient to bring you to grace and to goodness and to holiness. It's sufficient enough to prove that you're sinful. It it meets the standard into saying that you're a lawbreaker and that you're sinful, but he doesn't want that. He doesn't. He's not teaching that. And what he's teaching is I want to move the standard up. I want you to be not only cognizant of your sin, but I want you to actually move up and become something different, something new. And he says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. What? So if I'm angry, if I hate, if I am upset with my brother or sister, I'm subject to judgment? The answer to that is yes, because the issue is not the murder. The issue is not the actual act of murder. That's not the problem. The problem is that we as human beings, we as people, we're in our hearts sinful. And what is in our heart comes out in our actions and comes out in our speech. James teaches us that. What, who we are on the inside. Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, what comes out of our hearts are evil desires sin, hatred, bitterness, despair, all those things come, about, come out of our heart. And Jesus is letting them know, you by saying, I'm not a murderer because I've never killed anybody, The all, in all actuality, that's not true. You just have not committed the act that is in your heart. And what is in your heart is hatred and bitterness. What is in your heart is is destruction. The apostle John says in 1 John 3, he says, for this is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love One another, do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Notice what he say. He's giving us, us that dichotomy here. He's telling us that that murder has murder, murder is an action that comes from a heart condition. It's not just the pure actions that are taken by a person, and they are destructive of that person because they killed someone and now they're subject to judgment. What he's saying is these actions that that are going on are not unique to people who have a problem. They are the result of the sinfulness of human of the human heart and the truth is all of us are murderers. All of us are people who who hate. All of the all of us are people who are angry with others to the point of death. So you you understand that uh, that 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 we are sinful at our core we're sinful at the core of who we are and we have to under we have to walk in that we have to understand that there are things that that go on in our hearts and our minds that are that are not carried out in our outward actions but that does not mean that our heart is not utterly sinful in the midst of them it doesn't mean that our heart is not utterly sinful and struggles with the with the sin that is deep inside of us And so he goes back and he goes back to the original, not the original sin, but if you'll notice the next sin that the Bible deals with after the sin in the garden of eating the fruit of the tree that God said not eat the fruit of, tree of knowledge of good and evil, what is the next sin that takes place in Scripture? It's the murder of Cain, murder of Abel by Cain. He murdered his brother. And why did he murder his brother? He murdered his brother because God told them, There was a certain sacrifice that he required, and Cain brought a sacrifice of his own will, not of God's will. And God said, I'm not going to accept that sacrifice. I'm not going to take that sacrifice. That sacrifice is insufficient. It it does not meet the standard. And the reason it didn't meet the standard is because the sacrifice has to atone for sin. And the only way for sin to be atoned for, as we go all the way back, there, there is a price for blood. There's a price for life. And the only way for that sin to be atoned for, that sin that's deep in the heart of human beings, is that sin has to be paid for by the blood of Jesus. And as we, we understand, God handles those who we are angry with. God handles those who we hate. God handles those who we have a, a bitterness toward because we've been done wrong by them. In fact, the Bible teaches us this in Romans 12 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. See, we have a we have a kinsman redeemer. We have an avenger of blood. That is the goel. That is the understanding of the position that Jesus has in the Revelation. It's an Old Testament understanding. He's the kinsman redeemer, meaning he's close to us. He's like us and he redeems us. And he also avenges us. And we don't need to be the, the tool of vengeance for God. God aven, avenges himself. He takes He takes control of situations and he handles those things. And it's not necessary that we avenge ourselves. God does that. We don't have to. We can be trophies of his grace and mercy. We can be trophies of his goodness and power. We can be trophies of his work in the world. And that does not happen when we allow anger and bitterness to grow up in our heart. Sure, do you have a reason to be angry at people? Yeah, we all do we walk around with sinners all over the place around us and we keep sinning against ourselves and against others all the time and some of that stuff is going to some of that stuff is going to eventually cause us pain and anguish and it's going to cause us struggle that's real there's no doubt about it jesus said out of the out, out of the overflow of the heart those things are going to come up that, that those things are going to happen that being said that being said that does not mean that is god's plan for us and the bitterness that we have toward others, the angrier and the hate we have toward others. By the way, it's only destroying us. It only takes down us. It does not help us. It does not make us more. It does not do anything for you. It only places you back in the position of struggling. You're carrying the burden. Other people are not carrying the burden. You are. You're the one who's dealing with that issue. They're not dealing with it. Sometimes they don't even know you're angry with them. Sometimes they don't even know that you're upset with them. Oftentimes, when we carry bitterness and hatred in our hearts for us people and situations, oftentimes it is a, it's a lonely struggle. It's a struggle that's only us. And Jesus says that we're to wash in the fountain. We're to wash in the pool and have those things taken away, have those things removed, have our heart changed and made into a new heart, and that we're to learn to Love our brothers and go the extra mile and give to them forgiveness seven times 70. Just keep forgiving and keep moving on. Why? Not that they're going to always accept it. They're all that 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 forgiveness is going to change them or that they're going to receive it because a lot of times they're not. But what is it going to do for us? It's going to take that burden off of us. No longer do I have to carry the burden of the sin of others in the sense of carrying the burden of their sin against me because I have released them from it. And in releasing them, I release myself in releasing them. I move forward and become the thing, the things that God has for me to become. And I lay aside the struggles of this world and I become God, God's gift to the world of faith and light and hope. And as you go today, as you head out, the Bible does said, do not commit murder, do not murder. But the truth is, I have murder in my heart, so the issue is I've got to deal with that. And the way I deal with that is I cover it in grace. I allow God to take ha- have that. I hand it over to him, and, uh, and then I allow God to uh, deal with me as his trophy of grace and his trophy of mercy and trophy of love. We are to walk justly before God, but we're to love mercy, and uh, we're to be humble as we live before him. And the way I'm humble is I, I, I realize that I'm a hateful a sinful person myself. And only by God's grace am I changed. And so I give that grace to others as they have done wrong to me. Because the truth is they were just doing wrong to God, and I was in the way. And I need to give them the grace that God has given me. And by doing so, I, I unburden myself of that pain and struggle. I pray that will be the case for you. That, those angers and bitternesses over slights and wrongs that are done to you, you'll lay them down and you'll take up the good and great grace that God has given you and that you'll pour that out on all the pain that comes from those wrongs and that you'll become the best you possibly can be. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.